Hi, lifers. This is Heather Drew, and this is the Life in the Whirlwind podcast. Today's episode 42, and this episode is called That Great Unity. Uh, I was reading a book or a, like an article recently, and it was on unity. And I've been reading a lot of things lately that I've been talking to you about. And I've also been thinking through how these things apply to unity. So I've been reading, I've been talking about in this, in the last several episodes, this book that I've been reading uh, called The Three Marriages and The Three Marriages by David White. And the three marriages that he talks about in his, uh, in this book, The Three Marriages is relationship with or marriage to uh, work self and others. And it got, it's just been getting me thinking, but I read another article about, uh, I don't even remember what it was about exactly. It was something about spirituality. And there was a, there was a, a, you know, these three words in the article that stood out to me. And it was that great unity. And they were all, all those words were capitalized. So I started thinking, this is an interesting concept. You know, that actually grabbed, it grabbed my attention in what we've been talking about. Um, and also kind of where I want to go in the next few weeks with you, if you'll come with me, if you'll come along for the ride with me. So I just came back from a conference, a counseling conference for five days, and it was lovely. Uh, it was great learning experience. I went to several tracks with just really skilled, amazing teachers, and it was lovely to learn all those different types of things. So I, I tended to focus, the tracks that I tended to go to all were related to trauma, interpersonal neurobiology, and attachment. And I know those things sound potentially very unrelated, but I promise you they're actually quite related. So what's interesting is that trauma, as we've kind of talked about a little bit, it fragments us. It breaks us apart. It creates parts of us to break off from the whole sometimes. Um, for various reasons that I don't have time to go into <laughs> in this episode. If you're interested in more resources on that, please throw me an email, lifeinthewhirlwind at gmail.com. But, um, so trauma tears apart what is whole or is meant to be whole. Interpersonal neurobiology talks about what interpersonal neurobiology is. It sounds super intense and it kind of is, but it's actually quite accessible. It's a field that brings together anthropology, psychology, psychiatry, um, neurobiology, uh, philosophy, and spirituality, and lots of other, I think probably more things than that, but that's the basic gist. And it brings it all together under this lens of how do we talk about the, both the withinness and betweenness of a person and how uh, neurobiology impacts uh, the relationship with self and others. So that's what interpersonal neurobiology is. And I love it. And uh, I, we're going to talk more about it later. But 
Um, so that's that. And then the other thing that I went to, uh, the other thing that I sort of explored on these tracks was attachment. And attachment, all that means is it just means really connection. So if you are a counselor or a therapist of any kind, um, and these names mean anything to you, I heard two incredible people speak, especially I've heard lots of incredible people speak, but the two that were stood out the most were Dan Siegel and Sue Johnson. So I heard them speak and I have a lot that I want to tell you about because this got me thinking in a direction and I want to tell you about it. So today I just want to lay out a foundation and then over the next few weeks, I don't know how long it will take, but it's going to be kind of a series on unity and its importance. And, um, I want to start by talking quickly about where we're going to go. So I want to talk about connectedness and unity, what it's for, what kinds there are and why it matters. So I happen to believe that when we are whole, and I know that word has a thousand meanings, so just hold that for a second. When we individuals, me, when I am whole, and I have found a sort of non-fragmentation or a greater non-fragmentation or a greater wholeness in myself, then I am more able to connect to others. Scientifically speaking, spiritually speaking, anthropologically speaking. Um, There's lots of studies on this. So I'll go into the details of that in future episodes, probably, maybe. But the, the point is that when I am, when I have, when my withinness is unified, my betweenness tends to be more unified. The more self-aware I am, and when I, again, we're going to define all of these terms because uh, some people think this is hocus pocus and some people actually kind of get nervous at the idea of self-examination, self-awareness because they feel it's narcissistic. And I totally get that. And we're going to talk about all of that and um, I hope it helps. (laughs) That's the best I can do right now. Um, But here's the thing. Here's my, here's my question for you. And this is where I think I want to go. So we're going to do at least one episode on unity within, and we're going to do at least one episode on unity between and what all of that matters. Why does it matter? But today I just want to cover this like unity business. What does it mean? And, um, here's a question that I have. How can you see unity? What does it look like? Both within and between. That's something I want you to think about. Um, what, what does unity look like? How can you see it within and between? Uh, I think what I see, and this is why I think I have a job in counseling and counseling education, because people are walking around 
feeling disunified. They're feeling disconnected from themselves and they're feeling disconnected from others. One of the number one things I hear people say, not just clients, but students and friends and strangers and writers, various people, it's that they feel disconnected from themselves and others and they're lonely. So we need to talk about this. We need to make this a priority if we're going to be talking about life as it is in the midst of storms, right? Um, one of the things that Sue Johnson said, what I, which I thought was really, really interesting, and this is something to chew on for a minute, is she talked about how conflict comes from disconnection, even though a lot of people think disconnection comes from conflict. I do think it perpetuates itself, but I think the thing that starts, and this is what she was saying, is I think the thing that starts the domino effect is disconnection. So uh, conflict is like the, like the sneezing, and disconnection is the virus. So we better talk about disconnection. We better talk about disconnection and connection. What is happening? Um, I think a big part of why we are disconnected is that we have far too long pathologized dependence and a need for each other. I think we have uh, been afraid of connectedness, vulnerability, and dependence. And I think that we have also been afraid of even connecting to ourselves because we are afraid what we will find when we look in the parts of ourselves that we don't always look at or that we tend to um, ignore or avoid or put off for a mo you know, for the time being and say, we'll come back to it, but we kind of never do. We, or we don't really come back to it. But by not doing that, by not, um, considering those spaces that are hidden from us, that we hide from ourselves, if we cannot connect to those spaces, it's going to be very, very difficult to connect with others. Because here's the thing, if we don't know who we are, we can't bring who we are into relationship. If we can't connect to the realities, both the benefits and the drawbacks, uh, the things that move us forward, the things that pull us forward about us, and the things that pull us backward about us, if we aren't able to sort of um, understand them and sort of approach them with curiosity, not shame, by the way, but curiosity, if we can't, if we can't do that, we, I would argue, I, I mean, I can't imagine how this could be possible. We cannot approach other people with curiosity and, uh, love them well. Like if we can't accept ourselves, we really can't, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer. If you can't accept yourself, you can't accept other people. And I don't mean that in the sense of like narcissism, self-focus. Uh, I am awesome. I am great. Nothing's wrong with me. I don't need to work on these things, whatever. That's, that's not what I'm saying. Um, but what's interesting is that, you know, 
when I'm aware of something, I can kind of address it in ways that benefit uh, my growth and my connection to others. So that's what we're going to talk about for the next couple weeks. I don't know, again, I really don't know how long it's going to take and I don't know exactly what it will be like because a lot of this is living and active and dynamic. And as I start thinking about how I'm going to do this, I'm sure it will be interesting and exciting. But um, we're going to talk about... Here, I just want to give you a little teaser that I know for sure we're going to try to talk about. I do want to talk about attachment. I do want to talk about connection with others and ourselves. And the way that I would like, one way that I would like to do that is to talk about um, personality and uh, an ancient tool called the Enneagram, which I've mentioned several times on this podcast, but I think I'm going to dare to go there. (laughs) Some of you are cheering right now and some of you are rolling your eyes. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. I'm going to go there. I'm going to try and see what happens, but we're going to do our best and we're going to go there together and we're going to see what happens. So here's my invitation. This is a shorter episode today. Um, here's my invitation to you. As we enter this journey, I want you to consider how sacred this ground is. I want you to consider for yourself how to let the journey, pilgrimage, uh, exploration of connection to yourself is going to transform you and um, that it is sacred. That there is, uh, you are made in the image of the divine. You are made in the image of God. And that there is something very sacred about this ground. That's number one. And then, of course, number two, as we go forward, I want you to consider how linkage and differentiation both with others, uh, both of those things occurring with others is also sacred ground. Unity is sacred ground. Wanting is sacred ground. And we're going to do our best and we're going to try to treat it as such. So that's my invitation to you. I don't know how you do that for yourself, but I would like you to consider how you're going to take this journey and who you might take it with. Because I wouldn't recommend you just do this and you listen to these episodes and then you kind of try to figure this all out on your own. You could, and it would end up one way, but I want you to just notice that it will probably be very different if you choose to include someone else on this journey. So maybe you invite a friend to listen to these episodes with you. Maybe you invite a friend out for a meal or something like that to discuss your thoughts on these episodes that are coming. 
and even just this concept of unity, like what it is, and even just asking your friend, a friend of yours or some, you know, a partner or somebody, um, to just discuss with you, how can you see unity? What does it look like within and between people? Uh, and just start thinking through these things because I would love nothing more than to take this journey with you in uh, a way that is active and pursuant of truth and again remembering we're on sacred ground so I hope you'll take this journey with me I hope you'll come along for the ride I promise I'll make it interesting (laughs) that's going to be my job Your job is going to be to show up. And that's what we're going to do. All right? Away we go. I will uh, leave you with a song, as always. And I will see you next week to talk about this more. That great unity. Take great care.